Good day, y'all, and welcome to episode 21 of the Aaron Wayne Podcast. Here we go, guys. Dusting this one off for you. Haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. Hope you're doing well. In this one, I talk about how life presents us with experiences so it can reveal to us the places that we're not free. Talk about how I fell off my vegan diet a little bit. Talk about some travel I did. Got to see my mom. Had some tacos. Gave her a hug. Here we go. I'm back. It has been way too long since I've done a podcast. I just came through a couple weeks of traveling. Got to, went all over the place, man. And what I really realized is like I packed my microphone, I packed the camera, I packed my computer, and I said to myself, well, you'll just record it when you find time. And that does not happen. Lesson learned. I got to bank a couple of these things if I ever travel. So I went to, so it was just spring break for my school. So I went home and... I'm burning an incense right now, and it is filling this room with smoke. So that's what that is, if you see that. It looks uh, like a lot of smoke. I hope this isn't on fire. Hold on. Oh, my God. It's not on fire, but it's a lot of smoke. So, yeah, I went home. I got to see my parents. I'm vaccinated. My parents are vaccinated. I actually got to sit at a table and have dinner with my parents. I haven't done that in so long, man. It's been like a year since we've done that. Um, I also got to go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, uh, to see a couple of buddies and, uh, man, something comes up for me when I think about going outside. So we all live in our, like these little spaces that we live in. We have our community of like people we work with, people we hang out with. We have, you know, our people we live with we have these like sort of like nuclear units all over and we connect with people from afar. But when we Don't spend a big chunk of time with those people that we're connected with, either through the internet or phones, like old relationships. We don't really experience as many challenges because we've integrated and sort of trimmed our day-to-day life and understand how to work with our day-to-day life. And what I've come to remember is that the... That life will present you with challenges that will reveal to you where you're not free. So, for example, you know, when I'm with family and I think about the health of my family, and I think about the health of just people generally, but the health of my family, what that shows me is that I'm like attached to a specific outcome that I expect people to like not get unwell. You know what I mean? And that's showing a place where I'm holding on to an attachment. And uh, so I was, and also I was in, so I was hanging out with these, hanging out with a bunch of bros, just broing out. And uh, in Wyoming uh, last weekend, which was really a blast, man. I got to bike at the base of the Teton mountain range. Uh, We did some floating down the Snake River and it was like a stellar, stellar good time. Beautiful landscape. If you ever get a chance to go out to the Teton National Park in Wyoming, Wyoming do it it's totally worth it but you know I uh while we were out there I was we were out there for like four days and the first day I realized I'm not going to be able to be vegan for this entire four days that we're there um I'm gonna have to do more of of a vegetarian kind of thing and it was it was challenging for me for a couple of reasons reason one like obviously like 
I choose to eat vegan and to like have a vegan lifestyle for animal ethics reasons. Like I just don't want to be a part of cruelty. And then it was all, so like, that's the obvious piece. So I tried not to eat flesh when I was out there and I don't think I did. Um, Oh, actually I got a ham sandwich. Someone accidentally ordered a ham sandwich for me and I was like, well, I'm not just going to throw it away because that would be even like more against my ethics for that to go to waste. So, um, but other than that, like just eating vegetarian sort of had me tripping, man. I was like caught up in this idea of identity and stuck with like when people, you know, people made jokes, like one of the guys who had just met me that weekend, he's like, dude, you're not even vegan. Like you just like came in here (laughs) and he was totally joking. He's a really like sweet guy. But, um, the idea of like having that title brought up for me a place that I'm holding on because the, the food options, like I just couldn't have been vegan. I was when I could, and I, I wasn't when I couldn't. Um, but having a sense of like, no, this, I am, I'm a vegan, you know, like it just, it, it showed for me places that I'm like holding on to this concept and it revealed that I just I, like it's hard to even challenge that concept because it's so rooted into my ethics that if I were to to challenge it, then I would be contrary to my ethics. So it's like it's 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 I don't know. I'm stuck on this. I, I haven't even fully fleshed this out. That's one of the cool things about having a podcast is that I can kind of flesh these things out. But um I think that life will continue to present challenges to all of us to show us the places that we're hung up and that we're not, we're not really allowing ourselves to grow. And it's really easy to see in other people how they hold uh, their mask, which I've talked about in previous podcasts, like the, the identity that they've created for themselves unconsciously through social programming, as well as like, it's, it's just very easy to see those things. And we can't, we can't see it on ourselves until we find discomfort you know, just, you know, guys getting together and like busting each other's chops about things like that's just natural and normal. For example, one of my buddies hadn't trimmed his chest hair and he was wearing a shirt like this, like a button up shirt and his chest hair was, is sticking out. And we were, uh, having dinner and I just like tickled his chest hair (laughs) to illustrate just like, you know, that's what people do. They just, that's how guys are. They interact. Oftentimes they just kind of make fun of each other and it's all in good fun. But that was a, a territory that I just wasn't comfort I joked back with them about the vegan thing but uh it was just I could tell immediately like no 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 I want you to know no really 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 no I'm I really am vegan and so I was like trying to prove it to them um and that shows me that like I'm in some ways not actually doing it for the right reasons I'm doing it to be known as someone who lives a vegan lifestyle for whatever reason that is whether it's for health planet or animals like I want them to know, like I'm one of these people and that's not the right space to come at from these, for these sorts of things. Um, but I'm back on the diet. Um, I'm doing it. Uh, it was really nice to come home because my wife had actually made me legit like vegan. I said vegan again, uh, like really good, like wholesome meals of, you know, beans, greens, rice, and veggies. So that was really nice to get back because, if you haven't been eating eggs and cheese and stuff like that, like if you haven't been doing that and you start doing that, it's going to upset your stomach. So it was nice to come back home and have some, some wholesome meals. And, uh, I'm, you know, I think that in the springtime, 
we think about January 1st being this sort of new year experience. And I'm reading this book about Crazy Horse, the uh, Native American uh, of the Lakota tribe during the mid 19th century, during the westward expansion and World War, or not World War, and the uh, Civil War. And one of the things that they talk about, uh, apparently the Lakota people thought that the winter was sort of the cleansing season. And as you come out of spring, you had the op- the opportunity of like everything, you know, with the bugs dying and the, the buds falling or the leaves falling and all these things like the snow being pure. There's just this idea of cleansing that happens in the spring, which I think is be- or in the winter rather, which is kind of beautiful. And then when spring comes, it's this blossoming. And so I'm looking out my window right now as I podcast with you and think about how each spring is sort of a better rebirth or resolution time than any other time of the year because you know there's a lot of optimism and hope with the spring um and i'm really been, i've been feeling that this week since i've been back because whenever we move out of the spaces like i was talking about uh, a few minutes ago whenever we move out of the spaces that we are accustomed to being in and we travel whether it's just like short-term travel like i did like go see my family for one weekend and then go hang out with some buddies the next weekend you know it's it's an opportunity to feel how you react in those spaces and the identities that you've attempted to drag with you into these new spaces instead of just being a clear channel of experience and seeing and feeling what's happening and it's also an opportunity when you come home to feel like you're home like you know the prodigal son go out and you learn and you come back and you assess and you think and um the home feels different even though i wasn't gone long you know it feels a little different even though i was gone for just a week couple of weekends and i think it probably has to do with covid and the fact that you know what travel have any of us been doing over the last year feels like several years i was uh on the plane, I was listening to a podcast that Tim Ferriss did with this guy. I don't remember the guy's name, but he was talking about some guys that had been prisoners of war. And the interview guest was talking to another guy in this story that he shared on Tim Ferriss's podcast. And he was saying that he asked the guy who had been in the prisoner of war camp, like, what was the common factor between the people who, um, you know, they came out of this thing, whatever the, the, uh, the, you know, whatever it is that happened, during their prisoner of war experience, like what was the common factor for the people who thrived afterwards or that made it through or didn't despair? And for me, I would have thought that it was, you know, the people who were really optimistic and hopeful uh, because that's what we hear in our culture. Like, you know, think on the bright side, like find the positive, find the good and everything. But in reality, like he said that the people who thrived in this setting were the people who said, this is going to be really hard but it will be the most formative experience of my life. And that's what that guy who was being interviewed had said about his experience. And I think that we can approach that when it comes to, you know, this spring is coming and people are getting vaccinated. And I was talking with a colleague today about what we think the fall is going to be like as public school teachers. And, you know, there's this prospect that things are back to the way they were in 2018, 2019, where it's just, you know, teachers being teachers and students being students but I think that if if I am projecting that into the fall uh, it's going to either set me up for disappointment or put me and my colleagues in a space where we're not going to be of the right state of mind to thrive if 2020-2021 ends up being a relatively COVID-ish 
environment. And I think about that with the yoga studio too. So, you know, the yoga studio has, I taught, you know, I taught a class of 14 people the other day. I haven't done that 14 people in person. I haven't done that in a year and it was awesome. I really was into it. But you know, if I'm, if I'm looking back or if I'm looking forward to what was in the past and expecting that to happen anytime soon, I'm not going to be mentally equipped to handle it if it doesn't. So I, I really like the idea you know, Ramdas says this. Ramdas says, as soon as you realize that your suffering is a form of grace, meaning that this is a thing that's given to us, if you realize that your suffering is a form of grace, then you feel like you're cheating the game. And I interpret that to mean as soon as you realize that the things that happen in life that are really challenging and tough, if you can use those as a focus, as a as a guide to realize like these are places that I need to work. These are places that I need to release and become a bit more free and who I am Then, like every challenge that comes to us in life is just another thing that is a, you know, it's iron to sharpen my sword with. This is the cheesiest podcast ever. Oh my God. You can tell I haven't done this in like a month. I'm going to slow myself down and have a sip of seltzer water and just hang tight with me for a second. Mm. That's for all the ASMR fans out there. It's really interesting. I've, you know, the more I talk to people, people say they've been listening to the podcast. It's really cool um, to have people in my life listening to the podcast because one of the things I also notice when I'm in public spaces is that, especially with these guys, because, you know, I live, I live in a world where I work in female dominated professions. I work with, uh, I work as a public school teacher, which is like, you know, 70% women. And I'm a yoga teacher, which again is like probably 70% women that are also teachers, but then the clientele is like probably 80% women. And so I I live in a world where I'm surrounded by women and I feel very comfortable in that space. And I've definitely learned a lot from the the leaders that I've had and and the colleagues that I've had. I shouldn't drink seltzer water while I'm doing podcasts because now I have to burp. I'm going to try not to do that right in your ear, but you know, hanging out with a bunch of dudes, I realized that I've had the freedom to forge masculinity in the way that I see fit instead of having been heavily influenced by men. You know, most of my friends are men, but you know, you, you spend way more time with your colleagues than you do with your friends if you're honest with yourself. And so in your, in my work circle, I've been, you know, picking up and putting down and, uh, mostly with women and, being in a room full of men for four days gave me the perspective that sometimes my thoughts and opinions are weird um, because I've had the luxury of not having to conform to other men's expectations of what masculinity is. And so uh, I bring that up to point out that we need to be seeking out a diversity of experiences so that we can form what masculinity and femininity is. I was talking to another a yogi who is moving away uh, from my yoga studio and she's been practicing with me for years and I was kind of fleshing out this idea with her and I think it's I just think it's really important to like embrace masculine masculinity and to embrace femininity and to look at these things as as they show up and how we define them and yeah I don't have a punchline to that I got lost in the sauce I got lost in what I was saying yeah, it's interesting to have people listening to the podcast. I uh, I definitely need to just keep doing these because I find so much benefit from doing it. And then 
once I fall off, it's like, I'm starting from scratch, man. I'm starting, starting these things up and I'm trying to figure out how I was doing them before and how to keep doing them. And like, I'm looking at the clock at 15 minutes in. It feels like I've been talking for about an hour. Googly moogly. We're planning a trip this summer. Pretty stoked about that. Um, we're trying to do uh, the Western States again because we didn't feel like we did that properly because of Katie's emergency appendectomy. See previous podcasts. I, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to spending some more time on the road. And I only have six weeks of school left before my students uh, go off into summer, which is that's awesome. You know, I'm... Uh, I'm really looking forward to the summer this year. I, uh, I think that the school year has been pretty taxing for teachers and students and parents, frankly. And I think it's been, um, I think, I think we, we need a good summer. Dude, if you, <laughs> yo, this podcast has been way too serious. I got to bring up Chet Hanks. Do you know who Chet, Hank is? Chet Hanks is? He's Tom Hanks' son. And Chet Hanks, from a podcast that I listen to that puts him on blast, this guy is not like his dad. You know, Tom Hanks, I was talking to, speaking to Tom Hanks, I was talking to a yogi of mine yesterday about uh, the movie Captain Phillips, which is just like this heart-wrenching film about Somali pirates who overtake uh, some Western, I don't know, European or, or North American um, shipping container, and they take hostages. And there's a true story that happened in the, sometime in the 2000s of this guy, Captain Phillips, who is taken hostage and then all the things that happen therein. And the story is really interesting because you feel really emotionally involved with both Captain Phillips, Tom Hanks's character and the Somali pirates. Like you realize that this is a bad situation with no bad guys, which is uh, one of the most interesting types of stories that you can, you can write, read, see, listen to like, there's something bad that happened and nobody is really doing the wrong quote marks thing they're working with the best tools that they have but speaking of best tools i mean chet hanks man he just youtube chet hanks if uh if uh if you haven't seen this guy i mean he is on another level i mean it's tom hanks's son and he uh was at the golden globes uh i guess a couple years back before covid happened and he was speaking in patois which is like the jamaican dialect of english i think it's it's actually is it a pidgin language or a dialect i don't remember i learned about that in college in my linguistics class but either way homeboy is white as the day is long and from california and his dad is tom hanks and he's speaking patois which like just it fired a bunch of people up but he's like actually like i have my uh brother-in-law is jamaican it sounded pretty close uh to what i've heard my brother-in-law say to his brothers dude one time i was moving furniture with my brother-in-law and his brother and both of them grew up uh i think they moved to the states when they were like 10 ish or something so like if you were to just hang out with them you would have no assumption that they're jamaican but when they're together man they like that you can hear their accent just like you know the more time i spend with some of my family members the more you hear my country accent and i'm helping them move some furniture and then they just start speaking in like like i guess it was pot i don't know it was just like this dialect that i could barely understand like and i'm like holding on to some furniture and i was like i don't know what you guys are saying 
I, I don't know what you're saying. And I'm holding on to this heavy furniture. And so that's how, it's similar, but so different. And Chad Hanks is like, he's pretty good at it. But he's, uh, he's, he came out with this, uh, this track called White Boy Summer, which I really don't know what I think about it. I haven't heard the song. Um, I don't have any strong opinions on it other than the fact that it is bananas that this guy is Tom Hanks' son. You just got to go just YouTube Chet Hanks and see what this guy's up to. But, you know, shouts out to Chet Hanks, man. Do your thing. Do your thing, bro. I'm not out here judging. I'm just observing and having a few giggles at your expense. I don't know. Laugh at me. That's fine, too. I'm wearing pink pants, for crying out loud, if you can see me on YouTube. So good for, I'm, I'm okay with being made fun of unless you challenge my veganism because then I'm going to come at you. I'm very insecure about my veganism. I've been vegan for like 10 years. That's a lie. I've been vegan for about eight years. Sort of vegan for about eight years. I've been vegetarian for eight years. I've probably been vegan for four to six years. And people ask me, hey, Aaron, how long have you been vegan? I've been vegan 10 years. We all lie. Do we all lie or do I just lie? But it's not a lie. Actually, that's an overt lie. I have not been vegan for 10 years. We just use shorthand. It's just easier. It's easier to round up from 4 to 10. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, I've been running more. I've been trying to stay active. It is hard when you travel to keep yourself moving, dude. I don't know. You've experienced it, too. And uh, it's hard It's hard to keep the body moving. And uh, I, I've been in this phase right now in my fitness in my fitness experience where I kn- I'm 32 and I notice little like creaks and aches and parts of my body that take longer to warm up. And I'm just waiting for my Achilles to snap. I'm just waiting. Like I'm 32 and I'm predicting, put it on the record stamped. It's on a podcast platform. If podcast platforms exist in 10 years, but by the time I'm 45, I think I will either blow out my knees or tear my Achilles tendon because I can just feel it. My knees feel creaky all the time. They take a long time to warm up. Sometimes when I'm walking downstairs, you don't, you're not interested in this. I think the more interesting thing is to think that like, the more interesting thing is to ask the question, did people that blew out their knees have any awareness that they were about to do it like five or 10 years prior to doing it? Um, there's a comedian that I follow named Tom Segura and, uh, he just had, if you follow, if you listen to uh, him online, um, he had an injury. Like he, he, he tore his patella tendon trying to dunk and then he fell and broke his arm. Like the, the arm was a result of just like trauma from falling, but the, the dunk was like, he was over time wearing away at that tendon until he put too much force on it and it just, it just snapped. And I think it's going to be my right Achilles. So mark it down, write it down. Today's date is April 15th, 2021. I had to think about that, 2021. And I will probably tear my Achilles tendon within the next decade. So that's that. I have a friend who did pop his Achilles while he was playing basketball. And he sounded like it was a, he said it sounded like a gunshot. But then he said it didn't really hurt, which is kind of strange. It's just like this loud pop. And then I guess it didn't hurt him. I have no idea what to do with that. I guess tendons aren't innervated. Does that mean it has nerves? I don't know. What am I talking about? I got YTT this weekend. Looking forward to that. My YTT students are going to start teaching one another their yoga practices. 
which is good. It's interesting to see this group because they've been entirely online, whereas, and it's a six month format, whereas the summer program was entirely online, but it was three weeks. It was like bam, 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 bam. Like it was like really tight and together. And then the program before that was a six month program that did half of their sessions in person and then COVID hit and then we did the second half and finished it out online. This six month format is entirely online and um, you know, the people, people are digging it, they're into it, they're thriving, they're doing well, but it's just slightly different when it comes to the practice te- teach piece because you know, they don't have as much time as the three week did of just being steeped in the yoga practice and they didn't, they don't have any in-person time for this session as the previous people did, but we're going to start doing a four month program. And I think we're going to do a hybrid teaching model, which at this point, oh, let me uncross my legs again. If I pop my knees, it happened. Okay. I set this desk up. I don't know if I like this desk set up, but what was I talking about? Yoga teacher training. I don't know. It must not have been that important if I can't remember it. Jackson, Wyoming is amazing. The Teton Mountain Range I learned is a fault range, which means the tectonic plates, um, the Pacific plate and the North American, North, would it be the North Atlantic or North American? Probably the North American plate. They're coming into each other and they're just like smashing nose to nose. And what that does is the force of that is continuing until it created the Rocky Mountain Range. And so the Teton Range is a fault range, which means that it's growing every year as the tectonic plates continue to smash into each other. And apparently people ski have ski have, have skied every of every one of those peaks, which is really, really impressive. When we were there, it was mostly snowy. Uh, there was about two feet of snow, uh, leftover snow. It did actually snow one night that we were there, but it was just like a dust. But the, most of the area was, snowed up and so we couldn't really uh mountain bike or hike but we did mountain but they you know national parks have loops typically that allow you to drive through so that you can see some of the most scenic parts like yosemite has a loop yellowstone has some loops where you can just like drive up to old faithful and then drive away which seems like it sort of takes away the nature aspect just a hair to just have like people bringing themselves in and they just like you know they got a bag of cheetos and they're kind of waddling their way up to see old faithful like i feel like you should have to you got to earn that a little bit you got to get there for it but also i'm an advocate for making out out of doors accessible to people but they closed the loop at teton the driving loop but they left it open to foot traffic and bike traffic dude we rode our bike not uh, eight or nine miles in and just looked at the range, like the rain, beautiful mountains to the left, snow covered, bluebird day, just amazing. And we didn't realize that we had a tailwind the whole time. So we're just like scooting, 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 driving, driving, driving riding our bikes, doing our thing. And then we po- stopped and like posed for some pictures. So we had some like some keepsakes of the experience. And it was just four of us. It was um, the, yeah, it was just the four of us just like kicking it on bikes. And then we go to turn around and we realize that we have a headwind the whole way. I might be using those terms um, oppositely. I think I got it right though. So we had a headwind. And so we're riding our bikes. We made it nine, eight or nine miles out and had a good time. And then on the eight or nine miles back, I mean, it had to have been a 20 to 30 mile an hour wind in our face. And so a couple of these guys, two of these guys 
one of these guys is like at least six four. I'm six foot tall. The other one, at least one, one of the other guys was at least six four, and the other guy was taller than me too. And they're just sitting upright, like, like they're creating a sail with their chest. And what I so it was hard going to get our way back. What I ended up doing because it was just a hybrid mountain bike. It didn't have, if you know, street bikes have like a curl handlebar where you can hold a bit lower and you can like drop your torso down. So I ended up taking like I dream a genie hands and having my elbows, uh, fingertips to both elbows and resting my forearms on the bike and just pedaled so that I could like hunch into a, a more aerodynamic position. And, you know, suffice it to say, I won the race back. Were we racing? No. Did I feel like we were racing? Yes. Does that have something to do with my persistent insecurities? A hundred percent. But I won. I won the race that didn't exist and I'm still vegan, I guess. Maybe I should stop saying I'm vegan. I got a sticker on my, look at this. You can't see this if you're not watching on YouTube. I got a sticker. It just says vegan on the side of it. What a jerk. Who does that? I don't know. But maybe I should tell people I'm vegan. Because I'm healthy. I'm fit. I have a clear head most of the time. I'm working on myself. If I add vegan to that, it, doesn't, it shows that vegan isn't a deficiency. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to wrap it here, guys. This is the podcast, you know. This is just going to keep happening probably until I really get a consistent dial in on this thing. You know, I'm going to have some podcasts where it's like, oh, I haven't done a podcast in three weeks. And this one's a bit rusty. But here's a rusty one for you. I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves. And I'll catch you on the next one. Peace. That's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Shoot me an email, hello at AaronWayneYoga.com. Who emails anymore? Why don't you just DM me on Instagram if you got something to say? At Aaron Wayne Yoga. Follow along on YouTube. Remember to like and subscribe if you're following on YouTube. And if you're following things on uh, Podcast Catcher, uh, you know, rate it, subscribe. Let me know what's up. Things are growing on Spotify, interestingly, because I don't listen to anything on Spotify. But they are growing for me on Spotify. So if you're following along, follow along. And I'll catch you on the next one.